0: So they tell you to forget your past. Really? Is that the best advice? Let's talk about it today on Coach's Corner. Hey, friends, welcome to another edition of Coach's Corner. I'm your host, Robert Imbriali. So uh, good to have you join me again for another fun episode. I was going a call with a friend earlier this morning and I was thinking about this idea of uh, forgetting about your past and let's only look to the future. And I say, you know, I get that advice a lot. I've heard that in my entire career. I've heard that from a lot of different people. And I often ask, really, is that the best advice? Is that the best we got? You know, and and is it really accurate in terms of uh, really helping you be more successful? And I started coaching back in 1995, a long time ago. Uh, That was the advice. I was was sharing that with people. Okay, I know you've been there. I know you've had these challenges. I know this, this, the other thing. Let's forget about that. Turn this way. Let's go this way. Let's focus on the future. And that's partly true. That's partly a good idea, but there's a piece missing in there. We're going to talk a little bit about it today because I think it's real important to uh, get clarity on. And I'm going to share with you some stories of uh, things I've done in the past and how they continue to serve uh, me going forward here. And I'll start out by... uh, you know, my very first professional career was a professional photographer. And this was one of my one of the cameras in my rig. Uh, you know, it had uh, many cameras back then. And I would go around. I was a commercial photographer. I would photograph just about everything. You know, yeah, I did some weddings. But for the most part, it was industrial commercial photography, product photos, studio work, fashion. I did some architecture, uh, that kind of thing. So I did a, a lot of different kinds of photography. And you might say, well, Rob, that's such an old career. Who cares about... you? your photo years. And, and that, you may be right. It might be okay. You don't need the photo stuff. I could say, you know, I'll forget about it and we'll just move on. Right. And, you know, I got out of that business. At, at some point I realized that if I wanted to become something more, uh, you know, photography wasn't going to do it because it wasn't satisfying me at every level. A lot of levels. Yeah, but not every level. There was, there was a piece missing. Now, some of the lessons that I learned, I still use to this day. For instance, when I would be in the studio and I would be photographing models, so we would do a lot of fashion photography, do a lot of fashion portfolios, and uh, did, some, did some work for some companies with, uh, that required fashion shoots, and I did a lot of fashion shows. One of the things that stood out with my work in the studio with these models was that I got them, calm in front of a camera really quickly. Now, we worked with, uh, you know, in photo school, there was a modeling uh, agency down the block, down the street, and we would work with them. And they would give us models in exchange where we'd take the photos and then we'd give them some 8 by 10s uh, you know, after after the shoot was over. We'd go develop them and process them and show them the contact sheets, you know, that whole process. So it took a while before they got them. But they got, you know, free photographs. They didn't have to pay for them. And we got free models because it worked out for us. And one of the things people would always remark, it's like, wow, how did you get these Amateur models, really, they're new. They—they they were Most of the girls were in their teens. How did you get them to feel so calm in front of the camera? And it really was because of this other part of me, this coaching side, that really helps people relax and, and get calm and really understand where they're coming from and talk to them in a, in a certain way. And I watched my classmates, also photographers, they didn't have that skill. Of course, it wasn't resonating with me. I didn't really know what it was about back then. I didn't know that was, you know, that's because I'm different than the rest of these guys. And, you know, photography is great. Uh, You know, it satisfies some, but there's this other part that comes through. So to this day, you know, that was sort of the precursor for me for coaching. Getting into coaching was realizing I really have a way of understanding people, even non-verbally. If they talk to me, they don't talk to me, still figure out what, how they're feeling, what's going on. I knew when these girls were scared. I knew when they were nervous and I knew what to say to get them to calm down and have a little bit of fun, to smile even, you know. Yeah, we had the music in the studio and we had them, you know, moving around, but they, just, they weren't comfortable. You know, it's a, it's a strange feeling to be in the studio with a strange guy you don't know and they got a camera pointed on you and they click, 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 click. I mean, we're doing 36 shots in in no time and uh, you know it, so it wasn't always an easy process for them so i had this gift of being able to do that later on in my my years i started to do computer consulting work and again the wrong career right and what i realized is my clients never want to let me go right and i realized okay being a computer guy you know i'm passionate i love it i still do a lot of computer stuff today but not necessarily for for money anymore i do it for myself and you know, my clients never wanted to let me go once once I started working with them. They're like, oh, you're the best. You're the only one. And what I realized was I was working with a lot of lawyers back then. It was kind of funny because I was uh, living on Long Island. I was working with lawyers in Queens. So I was at long drive along the LIE. For those of you who know Long Island, <clears throat> I was going back and forth all the time. And I would get to these lawyers' offices, and they wouldn't let me even look at the computer. Come here, come here, I want to talk to you, I want to talk to you. And they would bring me into their office, we'd sit down at their desk, and they would talk. And, and here's what's going on, my wife, my this, and my kids. All this kind of stuff that you know we do today in coaching uh, on a regular basis, right? That's what we do. But I didn't know that. I wasn't trained back then or anything, but they would have this ability, this desire, I guess, uh, to be talking to me about this stuff and nothing to do with the computers, nothing at all. And then what would happen is, you know, five, six, seven o'clock at night, they would leave. Then finally I could get to work on their computers and I'd be there till 10, 11, sometimes even later than that, uh, working on their stuff because you had to do it when you know no one was in the office. But I realized after a while it was like, they're not hiring me because I'm fixing their computers. That's not what it's about. There's something else going on here. And when you look at your past and you say, okay, there's some clues to what I was doing that was different than what everyone else was doing that really led me into the world that I'm in today, which is coaching, consulting, uh, and marketing, that kind of thing. And you say, well, you know, do you really throw away your past? And I say, you never do. I was working with a client uh, last year. Guy was a DJ, and uh, been DJ his whole adult life, literally. And he loved to uh, get out there and you know spin the records and and you know make people dance and get them all excited. And he was great on the mic and he had all this energy. But he realized you know he's in his 50s now is probably not the best career for him anymore. So he was like, ah, oh, you know, I really don't want to give it up. I love it so much. It's so invigorating and it's exciting. And I said to him, I said, you don't give it up. And so you don't give up anything from your past that you really enjoy doing. You bring it forward, but you put it in a new package. So his new package was that he wants to get in front of kids and train kids, motivational stuff, using the DJ skills, the the skills that he he learned over the years, being on the microphone, maybe sending out some music every once in a while, that kind of thing. So he's created a whole new business using the skills of the past and completely shut it off. He's not doing that anymore. Instead, he's doing something now that he's even more passionate about. He's working with children, which he really loves to do. And he still gets to spin music if he wants to. It's still on the microphone. And, but he's, you know the content is different. It's just reformulated. And he's doing really well from last I heard of him. So you know, you got to look at that and you got to say, okay, what parts of what I've done back there Are still at play because you're still the same person, right? You may have changed some habits, some beliefs. You may have changed some some of your personality traits. You may be more mature. You may be more knowledgeable. But early on, there were clues to really, you know, what you're about. And every time I work with uh, people when I coach them, they always ask, "Oh, I don't know what I should be doing." I always go back and look look at their life. It's okay. Look at the things you were doing, and look at why you're no longer doing them. What was great? What did you learn? What are the lessons? We know you're not doing it anymore. I don't need to focus on why you're not doing it anymore. But what was great about it? What was great about being a photographer? Man, I literally, this thing, I kid you not, opens doors like nobody's business. Especially back then when, you know, today everyone has a phone, so it's a little bit different. But back then, nobody had cameras on them. And when I would walk in, i put a camera around my neck, camera over the shoulder, tripod over the other shoulder, camera bag hanging off the back, Right. And this thing was my license to do basically anything I wanted. I got to see things, I got to meet people. I got to meet the instantly, day one, presidents of companies, where other people would take you know forever to get to that level. I would walk in and they right, marched me right to the president's office because I had the tool, right? I had the key. But I would go to parties that I wasn't invited to. Like, you know radio stations would have parties and such that I weren't I wasn't even invited, I didn't buy tickets to it. And I would show up as I'm the official photographer go right in, sir. And they would go in, but not only go in, they would take me up to where the DJs were, the radio announcers. And I would sit with them and hang out with them. And it was like, you know, all of a sudden I was, instead of being, you know, at this level, if I bought a ticket to a party, I would be at that level. But because I had this, all of a sudden I'm elevated to this level, very different game. Right? So what was great about that? Well, that still serves me to this day because I still do that. And I go to seminars or go to events. I always meet the event leaders. I always meet the trainers, the speakers, you know, whatever it is. When I was in the Tony Robbins organization, guess who got to meet Tony every time, right? It was always that way for me. And I learned that early on. It's a skill that, you know, I took with me and still keep with me to this day. And like I said, when you go back and you look at the things you've done in the past, there's a lot of lessons. Now, a lot of us get pissed off and we say, you know, that was a horrible job I had. I used to work at a liquor store and uh, I was a cashier at a liquor store. It was my very first job. I was still in school, right? And it was a horrible job. It was just not a great job. It paid well. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. Every time I would get my paycheck, I'd go down to the camera store and cash the check-in and buy more gear. That's how I bought all my gear, because I had that job. I didn't need the money to live on. I was living at home at the time, so I wasn't paying rent. I would take the, the money and go to the camera store, and I need a new lens. I need more film. I need you know, whatever I needed. I would buy it. But the job itself wasn't great. But again, you know, I look and where are, the, where are the threads, right? The threads were, I got to meet a lot of people. It's a retail store. People all day long come in and out of there. And it gave me the opportunity to meet a lot of people and be able to help them. And I really honed my my French language skills because it was in Montreal and nobody, nobody there, not even the manager of the store, spoke much in the way of English. So with everyone in the store was French. All the client, uh, customers were French. Guess who had to learn French? Quickly, quickly, right? There's no waiting. It's like it's sink or swim. You're in you're in the environment. Nobody's speaking your language. So you learn uh, to pick it up. And by the end of that summer, my French was so good that I was having trouble speaking English. Because I hadn't, I wasn't speaking English all summer, right? So during the summer between you know semesters of school, I was there, you know, five, six days a week, speaking French all day, thinking in French all day. And then by September came along, it was like English was sort of like what is this, man? I don't know. I, you know, I haven't uh, spoken English that much this year. So it was kind of interesting. So what did that job give me? What did I walk out of there with? Well, I can speak French. Wow. Isn't that cool? Well, do I need it? I don't need it much today, but when I need it, I got it, right? It's a tool. It's my backpack. It's another tool. How about the people skills? Yeah, that was good, too, because I got to meet a lot of people. I got to figure out also what I didn't like, right? A lot of these jobs that we do in the past, they teach us things that we don't want to do. So I'm not going to do that again, right? That was a mistake. I thought it was going to be great. I got in there. I did it, and I realized, yeah, not so much, right? So we learned something. And then we go on and we do something else and we figure out that, uh, you know, there's better ways to do things. And, you know, we take the lessons and we move forward. And, and it's important to make the distinction of taking the lesson, the good parts of whatever it is, and no matter what how bad things are, there are good parts to it too right there's the good the bad most of us get confused and we just see it all as bad and we throw it out and you lose that experience you lose those lessons which means at some point you're probably going to repeat them because you didn't actually learn them right and the goal is to keep learning and every year you want to get a little bit more a little bit more in fact i go one step further and i say i want to learn something new every day so every day i'm looking for something Different, something new, something that I didn't know yesterday. I want to increase my skill set. I want to learn a little bit more, right? I learned a couple of things talking to a friend today, a couple of things he shared with me. I said, Well, oh, I didn't know that. That's good. Are they life changing? No, not in this case, but they're still that step forward, right? I'm always looking for that and saying, Okay, how do I want to create a better future? I don't create it living in the past, certainly, but I can create it by taking the lessons I've learned in the past putting them into my, you know, pack back here and be ready to be able to use them at a moment's notice. Now, when I first got into coaching, this was about 1995, and I started to work for uh, Tony Robbins organization in Chicago. It was 1997 to 2000. I was in there around that time. And I coached over 2000 people face to face, one on one mostly in hotel lobbies after live events that we would do. We'd sign everybody that came to the live event, we'd sign them up for these coaching sessions. And I would be there from eight o'clock, nine o'clock in the morning till eight and nine o'clock at night, one every hour and bang, 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 back to back. I'd, I'd be doing these coaching sessions all day long. And what I learned and realized there is that you use everything, every story, every hardship, every challenge serves a purpose. Either learn something from it, or you can share that experience, which I often did with my coaching sessions, and say, listen, you know, I know what you're going through. You know what? I had a similar experience. Here's what I did. Here's what it was. Here's how I fixed it. Here's how I got out of it. I know you can get out of this situation, too. There's a way out, right? That's our goal. So I always explain to people that a coach is not there to give you the answers. The coach is there to hold a flashlight to show you the path. You got to walk that path, but the coach will show you the way. And I use it. So everything that happened, I mean everything that happened, I was able to use at some point. I had so many conversations, obviously coaching over 2,000 people face to face, you know, you get the opportunity to share a lot of stories, right? And that gave me the opportunity to do that. And it really refined my coaching. And I really got great at being able to identify very quickly where somebody was and then tap into that vast, you know, bank of experience, life experience that I've had and pull out the exact thing that I could put right in front of them and show them, look, I was there too, or I did something very similar. I understand your situation. I'm not talking to somebody, you know, and let me show you what I did to get out of it. Now, do you think you could do that, right? And uh, they would often say, yeah, I think I can. And and that would open the door. And really, that's all we want to do as a coach, right? Shine the light. Okay, there's a path forward. I think you can walk that path. Look, it doesn't look like there's too many branches on it, no no rocks or anything. I think you can take a few steps. Take a few steps, see what happens. And then you get to move them forward a little bit and their life can start to improve from where it is. So, When you're looking to how do I get a better future, it's always about taking your lessons, right? You want to keep learning. You want to always be in a learning mode. And it's really a little bit sad because our school system today causes us not to want to learn when we get out of school, right? We can't wait to get out of school. This learning is so horrible. It's so horrible because of the content we're learning. We're not learning stuff we're passionate about. We're learning stuff that we, quote, unquote, have to learn because it's in the curriculum. Teachers are, you know, mandated to teach certain things. And, you know, you look at it from that perspective and you go, boy, I hated school. and I was a C average student in school because I hated it. And I thought, well, I'm not very smart. And then I realized when I got into college and got into seminars and things later, it's like, no, no, it wasn't that. You know, I was dumb. It was that school was way too slow and it was going so slow and I'd be daydreaming and looking out the window. I just wasn't paying attention. So how could you do well in school if you're not paying attention? So that was the the game that I was playing there. So school taught us that learning is hard. Learning is no fun. Learning is boring. But that's the worst lesson you could learn because in life, we got to keep learning. We got to keep growing. You know, you never stop. If you stop, the rest of society is still going. So you stop learning, you're going to be left behind really quickly. That's why I suggest you keep learning and use everything that you've got, all the skills that you've you've acquired over the years. You're going to find that they fit in somewhere in what you're doing today and what you will be doing tomorrow. So you never want to forget the past. You want to forget the bad parts, sure. You know, no no need carrying the, the pain or the hurt with you but certainly take the lessons. Now, you know, the lessons are hard fought. You, you, that was your price you had to pay for them. You know, I had to have that job at a liquor store to learn, you know, these things that I needed to learn. And, and, you know, I got them now. And, you know, so now I know how to speak French because of that experience. When I go back, well, if I didn't know French, you know, would I do it again at that age? Yeah, probably, because it was a tool for me, and it was really uh, really inspirational in terms of getting me going and, and learning that other language that in high school was so slow and so boring, I just wasn't learning it. Although it was required to take French every year, I wasn't learning it. I didn't have conversational French until I was put into a situation where I had no choice, and then I had to learn it, and I learned it really quickly. Anybody can do that. So, you know, look at those experiences. No, nah, it wasn't a great job, wasn't a whole lot of fun, it was a lot of work. But I took a skill that, you know, here I am, uh, 58 today. And it's like, boy, that was I was uh, 18, 19 years old uh, when I had that job. A long year, a lot of years ago, right? And I still have it. So everything that we go through, every challenge that we've had, everything, there are lessons. Let's take those lessons. Let's not forget them. And you may want to take some time, journal on it, write down some of the things you learned over the years and figure out where you learned them from and say, you know, you know that situation may be not a great situation, but here's what I know now that I didn't know then. You know, we kind of need those kind of situations to keep growing. So I just wanted to leave you with that idea. You know, a lot of people will look at them themselves and say, well, how do I have, you know, a better future? How do I know that things are going to be better going forward? They're going to get better and incrementally so because you're going to keep learning and you're going to keep growing. And, you know, if you keep doing that, then life gets richer and richer and richer. There's no magic pill. <laughs> no, there's no overnight success. The overnight success is usually, you know, the result of 20 plus years of of doing whatever it is you do uh, to get there. And all of a sudden, bang, the spotlight comes on. You're there, right? I didn't get good at speaking by not speaking. I got good at speaking by doing it again and again and again, and oftentimes with nobody in a room, right, all by myself. And that's how I trained myself to do it. And you know, I got the opportunity to speak in front of small audiences because I made that happen, and I got better and better and better every day. I look for something more that I can do uh, to improve my skills. And it's a great habit to be in, by the way. If you can do that on a daily basis, you can say, I'm going to learn something today. I just, even if it's small, I'm going to learn something. I make sure that i got something. If, if, if even it's the last thing you do before you go to bed, you open a book and you read one page and you learn something, right? You can check that off and you can say, hey, I'm, I'm making progress because that's how we move forward. That's how we have a brighter future. Okay. I want to thank you for joining me today. This was a lot of fun, and I look forward to seeing you again next week, same time on Coach's Corner. And if you like it, give it a thumbs up, give it a heart, it's even better, and share it with your friends and followers. And we'll see you all next week. Thanks for watching.